one. Happy New Year and welcome to Vistas by WebCheck Security. News, views, and insights into the cybersecurity realm, leadership, and entrepreneurship. Produced by WebCheck Security, a world-class cyber penetration testing and risk mitigation company. My name is Greg Johnson and I'm your host. Today's podcast focuses on the leadership element and mental health in the workplace as Vistas welcomes Mr. Nick Dunn the director and Utah Community Builders, the director of the Utah Community Builders Foundation at the Salt Lake Chamber. Vistas is sponsored by Vivint Smart Home. Look, have you ever wondered what would happen if I were robbed? What would they get? Who do I call to protect me? Well, look no further than Vivint Smart Home. They have the best technology for cameras, doorbells, garage sensors, window sensors, everything you need all in one app. For world-class security and home automation, call Vivint today, 1-800-570-1313. That's right, 1-800-570-1313. Vistas is also honored to be sponsored by Nexus IT, a worry-free, hyper-responsive approach to building world-class IT support and solutions so leaders can focus on their business. Shout out to Earl Foote and his crew, another amazing CEO with the high-integrity Reach out to Earl's crew for your IT security needs at www.nexusitc.net. I might add that Earl and his crew wish you a very happy new year. Well, it's my pleasure today to introduce Nick Dunn. Nick Dunn is a public policy and strategic communications professional with nearly a decade of experience working in state and regional government and the private sector. Currently, Nick serves as director of Utah Community Builders, the Salt Lake Chamber's Social Impact Foundation. Previously, Nick has worked as the director of public policy for the Utah Valley Chamber, senior policy advisor to, U to Salt Lake County Councilwoman Amy Winder-Newton, public information officer for the Utah Department of Workforce Services, and as speechwriter for Governor Gary R. Herbert. Nick is a Nevadan by birth, but a Utahn by choice. After completing dual bachelor's degrees in broadcast journalism and political science at the University of Nevada, Reno, Nick moved to Salt Lake City and earned a master's degree in public policy from the University of Utah. Very important, uh, very impressive, by the way, Nick. Nick is a fervent champion of free enterprise as the best vehicle for economic opportunity and human flourishing, and throughout his career has striven to improve the state of public discourse and fought for policy that empower businesses, families, and individuals to thrive and reach their full potential. When not working, Nick enjoys spending time with his wife and son and feels most at home exploring Utah's many beautiful secluded mountain ranges. Nick, Happy New Year. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Greg. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Well, your background and experience is uh, very impressive. I, I always love that, that I... Uh, convince these amazing people to come on this podcast and you're one of them today so thanks well tell us a little bit about you and your family the fun stuff well thanks for those kind words greg and it's great to be able to work on these things and, and talk with you today that on the personal note uh, the thing that i tell people the most often is we are relatively new parents my wife and i had our first baby just last summer so 
He's oh, wow. not not quite a year old yet, but we're enjoying that and learning and and just getting better at, at all the things that come with having a new baby. Lots of fun stuff ahead for you guys. <laughs> it is it, it is a blast. It is so much fun. So uh, I take it you're a hiker, or what? What do you enjoy about the outdoors in Utah? Yeah, so so hiking for, for a brief time, I was into trail running, but probably need to get back into better shape again to to start doing that again, but. Uh, mostly um, camping as well, but but four wheeling. Um, some friends and I every summer we go and ride the Paiute Trail down in kind of central Utah. Um, it's a 300 mile ATV loop through several different mountain ranges, and we we do that every summer. So that and then some other rides, just getting up there on our machines up in the mountains. There's nothing better here in Utah than doing that. Oh, that is for sure. Do you use razors? Do you use ATVs, uh, four-wheel drive, trucks? What What do you use when you do that? So interestingly enough, we kind of have a mix of everything. So there's three of us that go on this trip, and I have a, a four-wheeler. Um, mm-hmm. And then one of the friends has a dirt bike, and the other has a razor. So we have kind of all three of those kind of main machines, but it works out well. We can kind of distribute the gear accordingly and be able to, to have everything we need for the trip. Sounds like a blast. Well, Nick, let's dive in. Why uh, are businesses best equipped to lead on mental health? Well, the easiest answer, Greg, is think of it this way. When we talk about our kids, we usually say correctly that outside the home, the school is the institution that has some of the biggest impact on the long-term success and well-being of our kids. We all recognize that. That's why we talk about education policy so much. When we all become adults, we forget that that analogy still holds. But the difference is outside the home, our work environment, our business, our employer is the entity that has some of the largest impact on our long-term success and well-being. We spend a third of our lives at work, and so our employment circumstance has incredible impact or can have incredible impact on our vocational success, of course, but also just our general well-being. I mean, how many times have we seen portrayed in TV and movies or experienced in our own lives somebody coming home and just complaining about their boss or complaining about work, and it really can have an impact on us. So that's why businesses having such a strong interaction with so many Utahns can have an impact. And if we can make a positive impact through businesses, that impacts the workforce, which is a huge segment of Utah, and that ripples through to their families and the community more broadly. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So what initiatives are you leading and what is the business community doing here in the Salt Lake area? So it's important to note that this has been a longstanding issue here in Utah, of course, which I think we'll get into just the longstanding challenges around mental illness and the work still to do on mental health here in the state. But things were really kind of amplified in a unique way during the pandemic. Oh, yes. I think we we all saw that this was something that we were all experiencing this collective trauma, if you will, as, as one expert described it to me. And we really realized collectively that there are things that happen outside the work environment that have an impact on work and vice versa. What happens on work can impact us in our personal lives. And so that realization of the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the mental and emotional health of our workers, more and more business leaders were seeing that this is real and this is acute and this is something we need to pay attention to. So what we did with Utah Community Builders through the Salt Lake Chamber 
is to put together a set of tools and resources for businesses. And really the goal is is pretty simple, Greg. It's number one, to to show business leaders that this issue is important and important for the business community to pay attention to, to show that there's a clear intersection between workforce mental health and the success of the business. And those things go in both directions. The days of, you know, leave your personal problems at home when you get to work, that simply doesn't work anymore. And so a business recognizing that how my employees are doing in terms of their mental and emotional health impacts my business and my business culture, my workplace environment, those things can have an impact on my employees, positive or negative. And so with that context, we put together a, a suicide prevention toolkit specifically geared toward employers. We partnered with the state suicide prevention coalition. So we've been pulling in the experts from the beginning but providing this toolkit for employers in conjunction with a webinar series, a virtual launch event with kind of TED Talk style speakers. So we have experts and leaders lined up to help give free training and access through these webinars that we've done and this comprehensive toolkit, as well as other community organizations, uh, businesses, some nonprofits that offer services to businesses. And there are a number of those things available to chamber members uh, at a discounted rate to help encourage businesses to actually use the tools out there. Fantastic. So would, would people reach out to you for the, this toolkit and some of those resources? They certainly can. The easiest way is just if you go to the Salt Lake Chamber website, right. which is slchamber.com, and then under the Public Policy tab, you can get to the Utah Community Builders Foundation. And everything lives online right there. We have the webinars, the toolkit, and everything available. We're also in the process of producing some additional resources that have an industry focus. And those three industries we're working with right now are the legal industry, construction, and hospitality. So there will be some custom tailored resources. So if you're a business leader in general, there's a toolkit. If you're in one of those sectors, there will be some custom resources too. Fantastic. Now, people have heard of Huntsman Cancer Institute, right? It's it's a renowned institution, much like our own uh, primary children's hospital. Uh, but tell us a little bit more about the Huntsman Mental Health Institute. That may, Maybe I'm just uh, <laughs> ignorant, but it seems to be a little newer um, what are they on the forefront of? It, it is a little bit newer. They, I have to say, they are an incredible leader and partner on this issue. It, it was kind of a, a reformation of the University Neuropsychiatric Institute. Mm-hmm. And as, as it came on board with the Huntsman Mental Health Institute, the Huntsman family, through their foundation, has made an incredible commitment of dollars to this issue. And, and their, their new leader, Dr. Mark Rappaport, Again, doing amazing things to lead out on this issue from the expertise side of things. You know, we in the business community, we, we help our businesses to be successful and we care about these social impact issues, but we have to rely on and work with the experts. And Huntsman Mental Health Institute, of course, um, you know, has resources on the, the medical side in terms of treatment and resources for people who do have a diagnosed mental illness, but also offering the expertise on that issue in general, looking at ways from a medical standpoint to to solve this issue, but also something they're doing that's really, really cool is they're participating in helping to lead a national effort to end the stigma around mental health. And it's really amazing having sort of the the clinicians, the experts, mm-hmm. be key leaders and partners in that. And then we from the business community participating and, and helping as well, because I got to say, Greg, and I think we might still get into this, but one of the biggest things we could do 
that would have a huge immediate impact is if we could just eliminate all of the stigma around mental health, that would pay huge dividends for our workforce and our state. Wow, what a neat resource we have right in our own backyard with, with the Huntsman Mental Health Institute. I, I personally want to learn more about it. Well, Nick, can would you be willing to share your story with your listeners? How did you become a champion for mental health, and what happened that was a catalyst in your life? Well, first I would say that probably all of us could raise our hands if we were asked, has mental health in some way impacted you or a loved one? Or someone you're close to, because it's it's very common. It's it's something that's not unique to any one type of person or, or a certain group of people. And so we all have experiences. In my own experience, of course, again with with family members or or friends or people I knew through church, it, having various experiences and challenges in the realm of mental illness. So it's always been kind of on my radar. But more specifically, a number of years ago. I had an employer, a boss, in one of our one-on-one conversations. You know, we had talked about work stuff, mm-hmm. and then she asked me. She said, "Hey, one more thing. Are you doing okay?" And uh-huh. I was kind of taken aback, and because it was clear that okay, we're not talking about work anymore. We're talking about me, talking about personal. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thrown off, and kind of like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable getting into that right now. And I panicked and said, "Yeah, I'm fine. I just..." I'm a little sleep deprived. I had to take my dog to the vet because I accidentally gave him grapes. Don't give grapes to dogs. It's not good for them. The, the dog's fine, by the way. But so I, I said, pointed to these other things of saying, I'm a little stressed or tired, and, and otherwise I'm fine. But what I realized was I wasn't fine. And for for a while, my mental and emotional health had had not been as good as it used to be. And and I didn't know why, but I was afraid to talk about it. Even though my boss, that was one of the issues we were working on, was just in the communities, working on that issue. So I felt that stigma even in myself, even as we were working on the issue. So a little while later, I went back to my boss, had another conversation, said, you know, you asked about this. And the the truth is, I'm not doing okay. And I kind of explained what I was feeling, what I was experiencing. And the amazing thing about this story is my boss didn't say, okay, well, thanks for telling me. Just, you know, try and you know, don't let it affect your work, keep working hard and, you know, do your job kind of thing. It wasn't that at all. Instead, what she she did was she listened empathetically to really understand what I was saying. And then she shared some of her own experiences of of having, you know, times where, where different things were, were difficult or whatnot. And so that really strong connection and empathy. Um, and I I knew that Going and having this second conversation with this employer would be well-received because I had seen this this person lead out on this issue publicly before with experiences in, in family, colleagues, friends, those kinds of things. And so that environment where I, I knew, okay, this, this is the kind of workplace where I could talk about this and it would be well-received because the leadership had shown that through their modeling and made that very clear. What came about of that conversation was – my boss said, well, you know, if we can make some adjustments here at work, you know, maybe put you on projects you're more passionate about, um, you know, if, if you want to work from home once in a while, whatever we can do in the workplace to support you and help you thrive, we want to do. Mm. And and we did. And and I was able to, to get in and, and talk to a therapist. In my own circumstance, it wasn't anything that rose to the level of a clinical diagnosis. But, and the reason I stress this in, in my own experience is that 
just because we may not have a clinical diagnosis or something, if it is something that's just a temporary period of life that's that's a little tougher, our mental and emotional health still matters and it still needs to be paid attention to. So even if we if we don't have a diagnosis of depression or anxiety or anything else like that, if we're if we're feeling anything less than at our best, we need to pay attention to it, understand why, and take the steps to get back on track. And that experience with me personally and with that employer and with that process I was able to go through to get back to where I, I felt mentally and emotionally fit again was incredibly impactful to me. It helped engender loyalty with that employer and it helped change my vocational trajectory because now this issue is even more so than before something I'm deeply passionate about. So it sounds like that made you more productive in the workspace you you wanted to be there. Um, how did you feel when you finally got through the discomfort of sharing those feelings with that employer and then she or, or he shared back and said, yeah, I, I understand. I, here's my story. How did that, did you feel validated? What What's that like? Well, it's, it's incredibly invigorating and it, in, in the sense that mm-hmm. the, what, one of the things about, about, mental health, mental illness, again, whether it's a clinical diagnosis or, or a subclinical, you know, temporary kind of experience, whatever it is, is it, it can feel isolating. You can feel alone. You can feel like, well, this, this is just me that's experiencing this thing. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to talk about it openly in a way where you're not going to be judged or criticized or, or you're not afraid of negative repercussions, like an employer firing you or anything like that, right. when it's that healthy, open environment, it, it, you realize that, you know, this This is, I'm just like everybody else. Everybody has health ups and downs in their lives, and we can all, you know, try and get the resources or help we need to be healthier. If it's that same kind of thing, so it feels very unifying, and, and that empathy and that understanding, it, it does, like I said, it, it creates more loyalty to employers, and it does lead to far more productivity. It's a sense of, well, this is the kind of person, this is the kind of employer that I, I want to work for. And so you might stick around for a lot longer than you would had the reaction be, been different. Very good. And later in this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the things and the, the, the takeaways, if you will, things that businesses can be doing. I wanted to share, Nick, if it's all right, um, a narrative from my daughter. Now, my daughter is a, she's a graduate from Brigham Young University. She's brilliant. Um, she has two daughters. She has a wonderful husband. Uh, but she was diagnosed with depression, uh, I believe, starting after the, the first child. And uh, it became more prominent after the second child. And she does have to take uh, medication to normalize. Otherwise, she can't even get out of bed in the morning. And yet you'd never know that uh, to work with her. So I said, uh, Jackie, would you share for the Vistas listeners what your experience has been? And I, you know, I, I thought there would be these great uh, tips on conquering this thing, but she said, and I thought this was really interesting. First of all, mental health sucks. <laughs> One of the hardest things for me is knowing where I end and where the depression starts. <laughs> Dealing with poor mental health is not as cut and dry as physical health. If your bone is broken, the doctor can check you and say, oh, look, your bone is broken. With mental health, it's more like, well, your symptoms are, they kind of resemble this thing, but it's also a little bit like maybe that. So we'll try A, and if that doesn't work, we'll try B. 
<laughs> I thought that was very insightful. You can take tests for autism. We, you can take tests for diseases, but mental health's not so cut and dried. Um, also, symptoms are like, am I normal tired or am I depression tired? Am I lazy or depressed? Can I get myself out of this slump or is it a depression slump that I need help with? Sometimes I wonder if it's all in my head, pun intended. My prescriptions suggest otherwise. It's hard to know what reality is sometimes. My cognitive function can be severely impaired when I'm feeling more depressed and overwhelmed. I've learned that I can't take on as much as I once hoped. That is sometimes a crushing thought. It honestly makes me feel disabled, but it's not the kind of disabled uh, with a handicap sticker uh, can explain. <laughs> it is helpful that mental illness illness is less stigmatized now, but it can still be extremely difficult to talk about, or honestly, to even pin down what is happening to you. In summary, I would tell people dealing with juggling mental health and work to be kind to yourself. Taking on more responsibility to impress your boss or move up is not worth jeopardizing your mental health. If you push yourself too far, you may not be around to enjoy the fruits of your labor. For bosses, try to be kind and understanding. It can be hard to put mental health into words. If the work is getting done, it doesn't matter if it's not on a standard timeline. Allowing employees time off for mental health days will benefit everyone, even you. I thought that was so insightful. What do you think, Nick? I, I agree. And it's it really captures a lot of, of what we've heard as we've worked on this initiative, talking to different businesses that have engaged, recognizing that their employees are dealing with this. And I think that, I mean, it's, it's just phenomenal that, that, that she she shared that, um, and I I would say that the one of the biggest takeaways I think from that and from from these other experiences we've had is to try and normalize the issue, meaning that as I said and, and as that narrative kind of alluded to that somebody who who's struggling whether it's a temporary subclinical thing whether it is a clinical diagnosis that's chronic and part of life. The, those kinds of things, it's it's nothing to feel shame about. It's nothing to feel like I'm I'm less than or broken. It's a part of mortality. It's a part of life. And the point of businesses, employers being more kind and patient and understanding is incredibly important. That kind of cultural response to this issue is is vastly important and impactful, coupled with ensuring that any folks who need it have access to the right resources. We'll come back to this and more in a minute. WebCheck Security looks to Nexus IT to partner for IT operations. It used to be notebooks, posters, and banners, proofreading, ads, and physical invites. Now it's virtual servers and desktops, internet content filtering, web hosting, cloud infrastructure, and more. Ready to jump your company forward a few decades? Let Nexus IT Consultants show you how. To find out more, go to www.nexusitc.net or call them at 435-659-2533. And we're back with Nick Dunn, Director, Utah Community Builders Foundation at the Salt Lake Chamber. 
Nick, you wrote in our podcast prep material that uh, the point is not to find those struggling with mental illness and just push crisis intervention resources their way, but the point is to identify how to build a culture of mental fitness for all employees and citizens, uh, which will help all of us to to improve. Could, could you address that for a minute? Sure. And the first thing is that we, we do need to make sure that people who need access to resources have access to those resources. And, and there's a role for businesses to play through what health insurance offers, through employee assistance programs, through any other things that your business does to connect employees with resources. And there's a role that the broader community plays. There's, of course, a public policy component. So I, the point of that is, is not to say that we shouldn't connect people with the resources. We absolutely should. Mm-hmm. But the broader point is this. One of the challenges with the mental health issue in the past is that there there has traditionally been at times a tendency to say, okay, well, there kind of draw a line in the sand and say, okay, on one, on one side it's it's all of us who who don't struggle with mental health challenges. Then on the other side is all the people who do struggle with mental health challenges. And you know, let's let's push resources to them. The problem is that that kind of the well-intentioned effort of, okay, let's find who's struggling and just push resources to them. And then we can say we've done what we need to do. It can inadvertently reinforce the stigma or create an othering kind of mentality. Whereas what what we really need to be doing is say, okay, in my business, in my community, in my state, whatever it is, every single one of us can be a little bit more mentally, emotionally fit. We can be a little bit more resilient and that can manifest in different ways. For some people to to have that progression, it does take therapy, medication, other professional resources. For other people, maybe it's not therapy or medication, but maybe it's other things. And so if the mentality is, if I'm the CEO asking myself, am I at my absolute best mentally and emotionally as much as possible? Am I truly fit? And what what can I do to be better? What can I do to support my employees? But having it be sort of, we're all in this together. We can all be better. We can all help each other to be better. And then, yes, that includes the mix of resources for those who need it, but also workplace culture and other things for 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 folks as well. That kind of comprehensive approach really, I think, helps it be what we're all unified in this and we're all helping each other move forward. Very good. Nick, what are the biggest takeaways uh, for business leaders um, you'd mentioned three of what you feel are some of the biggest things that can move the needle. Would, would you take a few minutes to talk about that? Sure. Well, for some context, we have done a, a series of roundtable discussions over the past year, mostly last summer, with business leaders in different industries talking about this issue and, and what they need and what would be helpful. And, and when you say we, we, you mean specifically through the Community Builders Foundation with the Salt Lake Chamber. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, the Utah Community Builders has performed some roundtable discussions with business leaders in a few different industries as we've crafted some new industry-specific resources. And through those discussions, as well as all the other discussions we've had since we launched our Workforce Resilience Initiative, three things I would say have, have come to light most often as, as things that a business can do to help make a difference on this. And those three things are, number one, leader modeling number two, manager training, and number three, access to resources for employees. And and just to to elaborate on those a little bit, leader modeling 
is it's exactly what it sounds like. The leader of the organization, the president or CEO or partner or whatever it is, needs to be willing to not just talk about the importance of this issue, but model the right behavior. If you have a, a leader that says, we, sh- we should not be afraid to talk about mental health in this workplace, and it's important to have these conversations, and then that's it, then what that could inadvertently signal to employees is that, okay, well, we're supposed to talk about it, but we can't really talk about it because I've never heard my boss talk really talk about it vulnerably or empathetically. But the leaders who say, you know, this past year with COVID has been really stressful for me. And, and they, you know, being willing to, to share a little bit of personal experience, a little bit of vulnerability does massive positive impact on reducing the stigma. So that's what we mean by leader modeling and then modeling the kinds of behaviors that support resilience and mental fitness. Manager training, they're, they're, we, we train managers on so many different things. There's so many different HR trainings out there, mm-hmm. but there's probably a lot of opportunity to train managers of if I have employees who who are um, struggling, what do I do? What resources do I point them to? You know, what's my role as manager to have this be a, a healthy environment f- to support resilience and mental fitness? So that manager training piece can be really impactful. And then lastly, again, we do have that component of direct access to resources for employees. And so if you just essentially say, here are all the resources, crisis intervention, um, you know, midstream therapy, and then upstream kind of wellness resources, and push all of those resources out to all employees, those three things combined, leader modeling, manager training, and access to resources are some of the things that have risen to the top of what businesses, I think, are hungry for and have the opportunity to implement. Very good. And where do you see yourself a, a year from now in the uh, Utah Community Builders Foundation? What, what What's kind of the next step for you, Nick? Well, as I mentioned, we're working on this industry-specific outreach. And the first phase of this has really been to just help to provide the awareness and education and help to improve the attitudes. I think what we'd love to see moving forward in a year from now is that if we can look back and say, okay, now all Utah business leaders are convinced that this is important. They're committed to doing whatever they can in their sphere of influence to make a difference. If we've kind of won over the hearts and minds on this issue that that everyone's on board, that will move us much closer to eliminating the stigma. And once the stigma is eliminated or reduced, the, and hopefully it's it's as quickly as a year from now, in all these industries, but then we can really dive in even more deeply to, okay, what are the specific interventions in a business from partners and community leaders like the Huntsman Mental Health Institute with all the wonderful work that they're doing? And, and you know, we can start looking at what does health insurance include as it relates to access to treatment and resources. All of those kinds of things are vital, but the, the shifting attitudes and reducing stigma is kind of the first big effort. And so I think a year from now, if we can look back and say, We've, we've made a huge dent in stigma. We've helped businesses to equip their people with the, the skills and the tools to point their employees in the right direction when needed and help have this positive culture of resilience. And also we're, we're able to make sure that the employers in, in all sectors have the access and awareness of the resources out there. That's a really important foundation. I think we'll see really positive results. Well, I'm well. I'm a believer and an endorser in, in what you're doing, Nick. Uh, this has been fantastic having you come on today. And as you know uh, from the narrative, uh, but there are others in my family that that struggle with uh, mental health issues as well. So it's uh, it's important to me. I I personally haven't had uh, mental health uh, issues. 
uh, that are clinical. But like you, I've been through periods where I was so um, uh, stricken with anxiety that I didn't know what to do. And and so this these are issues that that are solvable if uh, if we're aware of them and we know where to go to get help. Well, Nick, again, I I wanted to thank you for coming on today. Uh, This has been one of our best podcasts to date. Um, What's the best way for people to reach you directly? Well, I'll I'll share my email address. So that is ndunn at slchamber.com, N-D-U-N-N. And also, if you go online, slchamber.com, just to our chamber website, you, you can reach me through the chamber office. You can get to our Utah Community Builders page there as well. Fantastic. Thanks again, Nick, for coming on. It's such an honor to have you here. Vistas wishes to thank its sponsors, Vivint Smart Home and Nexus IT Consultants. For world-class home and automation security, call Vivint today at 1-800-570-1313. That's right, 1-800-570-1313. And for white glove cybersecurity and IT assistance, contact Nexus IT at www dot nexusitc.net or call them at 435-659-2533 today's music has been provided by suit up soldier and can be downloaded on spotify apple music and other popular platforms check back soon for another episode of vistas published at least twice a month until next time be positive and see only the good in others